love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. The whole idea of doing what we do is to make people happy. You know, we don't want people to be uncomfortable or, you know, it's, we just want to get in a room with a bunch of people, make them laugh and forget about what's going on outside those doors for those two hours. Welcome to the Canadian Love Map, a podcast that celebrates love stories of all kinds, presented by Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, Charm Diamond Centres. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. This week's love story belongs to Bette and Maynard, a comedy couple from Cape Breton Island. Their story began back in the 1980s and started on stage as a friendship. But the laughter turned into love and the rest is history. Their life together is an unqualified success story. For decades now, they've brought joy to audiences and each other. Bet and Maynard, welcome to the Canadian Love Map. You guys have been both cracking me up for years, and I know that there are a lot of other Cana- Canadians who will say the same. Thank you. Thank you very much We're for very, having us. Very happy to talk to you. Yes. Now, you're usually being interviewed about being funny, and today we're talking about your love story. How does that feel? It's very, it's a little unusual. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? I'm very comfortable with that idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. And a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of humor in it too, I suppose. Well, yes, that's how we, that's how we get by. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering about that. What are, what are the parallels to be drawn between what makes a, a great comedy duo and what makes a life duo? Well, you have. To, I think first and foremost, you have to be able to trust the other person because you know if if something goes a little awry you know that you've got your partner there to get things back on track same with comedy same with life that's kind of uh, it's kind of how we roll and we kind of take on different roles as well when we're doing shows i'm more uh of the uh, technical person uh, uh, and logistics and logistics and uh, uh bet's the creative person she's the writer and, uh, and I'm the cook. Very important. <laughs> very, very important. <laughs> I, when I say something funny, it's not from me. It's from Bet or Ed. I just Ed, say, my brother Ed. I say the funny words. <laughs> I love that. Have you ever felt a sense of competition between the two of you? Only in uh, pool yes. and Tarbish. Yeah. But not in. That's about it. Not on stage. No, no, we don't. I don't, I've never felt that. We, I think, because we've always been a pretty solid team. We were friends for for many years before we ever were married. Yes. And uh, we we became uh, a, a good team as friends, and you know, we got we figured out where we fit when we performed, and we could make each other laugh. That was extremely important, and we still do that. Yes. Which is very nice. Lo, these many years later. <laughs> How many years has it been? 
We're married for so 26 or 27. Uh, Going on you, 27. You for 26 and me for 27. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think it's, yeah, 1994 we got married. Yes. So, so 26. And we regularly forget our anniversary. One year we remembered it because we were walking down the boardwalk here in Sydney and one of us remembered that Joe Cocker was playing in Halifax. I think I remembered that. And Maynard said, oh, right. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. It's the 21st. So thankfully, we both forget it. If just one of us did, that would probably be a little awkward. But those things, I think, I think we're very fortunate that those things aren't extremely yeah, important. Yeah, we, we don't sweat. Remembering the, we don't sweat the small stuff. Never. Never. That is a secret, I think. Okay, I want to go back to the roots of your relationship. But before we do that, I want to go back to the roots of your comic genius for both of you. Can you talk to me about what, you know, what sort of role comedy played in your life? Did you grow into it? Were you funny from the start? How does it fit into your picture? Well, comedy brought us together. I was doing my own thing. I was, well, I'm a little bit younger than Maynard. <laughs> I was couldn't wait to get that in. And um, I was doing my own work and he was doing his. And then we did a show together, the Cape Breton Summertime Review. And that's when we started to be friends. And yeah, the, it all began with comedy. And hopefully one day it will, we'll be laughing when it ends. <laughs> but, but, uh, but in terms of comedy, I mean, you were doing, you were doing comedy as a three-year-old, weren't you? Well, yes, I used to do, I used to do shows when I was single digits and f- force all the women in the neighborhood, all the mothers, to come and watch. It was fun for me. Can't say the same for them. I was, I'm I was, sure they had other things they could be doing. I was late starting. I was about eleven or twelve, and we would put on uh, shows for the kids at the Little Flower Orphanage. We yeah. would just steal all of our material directly from Ed Sullivan. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then do these do these shows you know god i can't even remember what they were but but that's what you did back in those days yeah. for us it was uh peter cook and dudley moore you know we to all the british stuff but i i think that when we met i think there was a mutual admiration of each other's work and i think that's sort of what sparked a friendship between us and what you know, when you find someone that you can relate to, to on stage, you want to do as much with them as possible. And I also think that when you find someone whose humor clicks with yours, especially yes. if comedy is such a big part of your life, that is uh, so you know pivotal. It's huge. I think it gets people through a lot of. Um, boring times, hard times, challenging times, you know, yep, as sure. we know, as, as humans, how often do we rely on comedy to, to get us on through? So tell me how the sparks started. I don't know. It's kind of a gradual thing for us. I think I cannot name, and I've, I heard someone, <clears throat> pardon me. I heard someone say once that if you can't remember uh, the genesis of a relationship, that's probably a good thing. I don't know what evidence they had. <laughs> But I don't really know when we went from being friends to something more than that. It happened very gradually. And I think because our friendship is still so strong, there wasn't a really a hard moment when it went, oh, my God, this is something way different. But we did obviously have that yeah, moment. We, we loved each other as friends for yeah. a long, long time. I think we've loved each other forever. Yeah. Love you, huh? <laughs> Love you, too. <laughs> 
I love that idea of, of uh, there being something special about not knowing when the moment in time was that the romantic spark started because there was such a foundation of friendship. Yeah, that's been through the years that has been hugely important to us. Yeah, for sure. And I've noticed sometimes if you're on the outside looking in at something, you some uh, sometimes people treat each other better. They te- treat their friends better than their partners sometimes. So I think that's kind of been a bonus for us. I don't think I've just seen it happen. You know, sometimes it's easier to to complain to your partner than it is to your friend. You somehow give them a little more, a little more room, a little more consideration sometimes. So we have both of those things in our relationship. I'm happy about that. Me too. Do you remember the first time you were actually in a skit or a, a show on stage together? That would be the review, yeah? It would have been... Um, I played your wife. You played Mitzi, yeah? <laughs> That's when it happened. <laughs> um, I can remember one night we were playing, we did a, a tour, and we were playing somewhere in North River, I think, somewhere yeah. way way up on the, on the Cabot Trail. And I remember there were a lot of flies in the room, and... For some reason, I I sort of drifted off, and uh, uh, Mitzi's line to me was, Cecil, where are the kids? And I was supposed to have an answer, but I had absolutely no idea what that answer was. So I said, I have absolutely no idea, bye. And then she somehow dug me out of the hole. And we've been doing that ever since. Yeah. Sometimes we'll be doing a sketch and I will look at him and he'll know by the look on my face that I have blanked. So he will pick it up. You actually do. You actually come to the rescue more than I do. Truth be told. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm the technician. <laughs> it is I'm like being dance be partners, that. though, a bit, isn't it? It is it very is. much so. Very much so. What do you think it is about getting that laugh out of people that, turns your crank you know there's a you you sort of form a relationship don't you yeah with the audience and once it's like meeting somebody and then when you realize that you get on they understand you you understand them it's like wow this is gonna this is gonna be really fun and also the i love looking out at the audience and watching somebody elbow somebody (laughs) or a laugh will come and two people will look at each other and you know, they're they're looking for someone to share that moment with. I I feel that for me, that's a great gift to get from the audience. How about you, my dear? I'm not talking too much. I <laughs> I, uh, I started doing comedy at uh, at Saint Evex, not on stage, but uh, at house parties, because I discovered that I could make my friends Peggy Goldie and Patsy Brewer just about fall down laughing <laughs> just you know just making things up you know what i mean and that was such a thrill i did plays but i didn't you know i wasn't doing comedy and then when i finally got to do comedy in uh, in the rise and follies in 1977 well that was just too much fun it's great just loved it it is a little bit like being on a great date having that kind of energetic exchange with the audience there is nothing quite like it. And when you when you do a line and it hits immediately and everyone starts laughing at once, there is 
for me, nothing more thrilling than that. Like being on the <clears> stage, <throat> for example, at the Savoy Theater in Glace Bay or the Cohen in Halifax, and you have that huge room and there's just sometimes this wall of sound from the audience this huge, huge laughter. It's very uh, addictive, <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> I can remember being on stage and doing a sketch that Bet had written for me uh, for the first time. This was in Tis the Season 1, like 14 or 15 years ago. And I went out on stage and I knew the sketch was funny, but I didn't know how funny it was till the audience told me how funny it was. <laughs> and I almost broke character because I was starting to get some of the jokes <laughs> that Ben had written. Like I knew it was generally funny, but I didn't necessarily get the nuance until the audience told me. And I was like to myself on stage saying, oh my God, this is too funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crack up. What was what was the reaction of, of people who were your loyal fans when they discovered that these two characters they loved watching on stage actually were involved in a romance offstage. We announced it at the Rebecca Cohen the day we got married. <laughs> we uh, we didn't go to sound check. We got permission to miss sound check. We got married 11 o'clock in the morning, and then we showed up at showtime. And I think it was an, I think Max announced it in the in the news. I actually had forgotten that until you just mentioned it right now. But we, uh, yeah, we got married at 11 o'clock in the morning at Halliburton House in Halifax. Yeah. <clears throat> and then did the summertime review that night at the Cohen. That's how dedicated we are to our, to our work, by the way. That's commitment. <laughs> I know. You know that your life, your comedy life and your uh, romantic life are, are in, entwined when you get married on the same day as you do a show. Yeah, yeah, middle of a tour, actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so was there? So let me ask you this: in the in the marriage celebration at the Halliburton House at eleven o'clock in the morning, was it a serious affair, or did the did the comedy bleed into that occasion? Um, I think it was fairly serious. We had family there, of course, and um, a justice of the peace married us. And one of the things that he read was Bob Dylan, "Forever Young," which which was amazing to me because me and my siblings are huge Bob Dylan fans. Yeah, and I, I've been a Dylan fan also. And the fact that we, didn't, showed up. that we didn't request it, that it just showed up was really nice. But it was a fairly, you know, we didn't joke around a lot. That was probably the only time in our lives we didn't joke around a lot. We were, you know, we behaved ourselves. Yeah. My mother was there. That probably had something to do with it. <laughs> Is People there it, just once behave yourself? I would guess that as comedians, you have to confront the fact that everywhere you go, people in your regular lives, people expect you to be funny. Um, sometimes that happens, yeah, and sometimes they're let down. I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, do you know what? When we don't socialize a whole lot. We don't, we're not, we're not big on going out a whole big bunch, but when we get together with family and friends, we are not necessarily the funniest people in the room. Oh God, no. Not and that close. is for sure. <laughs> but you're taking notes always. Absolutely. Always. <laughs> and we have great, <clears throat> we have great audience members from our families. Yes. And uh, so sometimes Bet will call uh, one of her sisters uh, <laughs> just to read a sketch, just to get an idea. 
and I can hear them cackling in the back, like <laughs> losing their minds. So they're great, great audience members. Lucky, lucky me. Tell me what you love most about your life partner. <sighs> Who wants to start? I'll, you want to start? I'll, I'll start. start uh, I say that as if there's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to begin with your you can, list? <laughs> you can go get coffee, Bet, while he just goes through the <laughs> litany. I'll stir the sauce while you do that. I, I love how funny she is. I love that about her, and I love how kind she is, and she will take time to talk to anybody. Sometimes it drives me crazy <laughs> because we're in a situation where I want to go home and do almost anything else, and Bet <laughs> will spend a half hour talking to somebody just because they want to talk to her. I love that, even though it drives me <laughs> around the bend a little bit but i love her for that <laughs> that's very sweet is that it or do you have more things because <laughs> <laughs> i have been working on a, a, a book <laughs> you have a long list keep it short I, oh, okay because i i only uh, pick two but there's more i love the, that maynard can make me laugh my head off when i least expect it he'll drop a one-liner and i will just lose my mind and he is also you know regardless of what he says he's also extremely kind and i love that and he's the first person that i want to give news to he's always the person i want to hang out with always it's those simple things you know just i would much rather be with you than without you <laughs> i feel the same and i also feel that your list is a little bit too long <laughs> <laughs> brevity is the soul of wit i realize that now I should have stuck to two things like you did. <laughs> I really love that you have in common the theme of kindness. Yeah. Well, it solves everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. And it's what the world needs right now. Boy, sure. boy, do we ever. Well, we want it. The whole idea of doing what we do is to make people happy. You know, we don't want people to be uncomfortable or you know, that is not a platform we want to use to get at someone or, you know, it's, we just want to get in a room with a bunch of people, make them laugh and forget about what's going on outside those doors for those two hours. We're just all in this together and we're going to have fun. Absolutely. Always. Always. Yeah. We're very fortunate. Yep. And, you know, the cooking. <laughs> And if you could write any future you wanted, what would it be? Any future? Yeah. If you could write, if you could write the script for your future, the perfect future for the two of you, what would it be? Well, this for me, just what we're doing now, forever and ever. Yeah. Well, to the end of our days, and what we're doing now. Hopefully. Yeah, in good health and with family, family and friends around. Because as much as we don't socialize, we do have a pretty good group of friends and. And our family always. And dogs, of course. Yeah. Cats and dogs. The many dogs. I know that you've had as many as four dogs at a time? Four, four yeah. dogs and a cat at one time. You're both nurturers. I, I guess so. I guess we are. Yep. Good thing because people know that if they have a, a situation with an animal and they don't want to deal with it, they know that if they come to us, we're going to solve that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a TV show in there. Yeah, probably, probably. Mm -hmm. 
That's great. I, I so appreciate both of you joining us on the Canadian Love Map podcast today. It's just been a thrill. And I can't wait to see what your partnership produces next. Well, you and you and us both. And thank you. Does that work? Thank you. Yeah, I think so. Thank you thank so you very much. much for having us. It was, was it was great. Fun and easy. Look, I'm coming to your house, but I want to know what time do you eat supper? Because I'd really like to arrive <laughs> in time for supper. I would say if you're here by seven, you're you're yeah, you're good. Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a dream. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. This podcast is made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. Podstarter.